0: all the loyal listeners and all our brand new listeners here on the sports cubicle and sportsman, the college can finally stop yelling at me can finally stop sending me angry tweets can finally stop sending me stern letters because by popular to the man, is the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, it is Josh Bulkalter joining us from heavy on bulls, soaring down south, last word on sports, triple zeros, and of course, everything else you could think of because he is the most busy man in the industry. What's up, Josh?
1: Dude, what do I got to pay you to get you to follow around and, and do that all the time? I need that kind of intro when I go in the, I need that when I come home so my family knows what's up. <laughs> play. Thanks for having me on, man, uh, for welcoming me back. I appreciate it. Love being of on. Of course, you know, you know, this is
0: day one-ish between the two of us, so it is nothing but love seeing you come here to the island of relevancy as we are in the Sports Chemical with Dan Marver, Devin Single, Paul Shemar, and myself, Mike Mercado. And, you know, we got to the point here where the finals happened the Golden State Warriors and that dynamic dub nation, the, the big three of their version, get their fourth NBA title. Boston put up a fight, some interesting games. You know, in general, Josh, the one thing that I've been seeing throughout these entire playoffs is we wanted competitive games. And I don't think we got a lot of them. We had intriguing matchups. We had fun matchups on paper. But in the NBA finals, I think the, the box score, the, the end of the game stuff, when you Google what happened, doesn't do justice of how the games were played each and every quarter up until usually the last five minutes of a game when somebody will run away with it you hit a bunch of threes we know how the sport has evolved into that this season but what did you think when you watched these finals what did you learn what what were your final takes when you finally saw that buzzer go off in boston in game six and the golden state warriors walked
1: away with another nba finals win probably that we're too quick to write off what we've already seen, like the sure thing. And I don't, maybe not sure things are wrong with Fern, but we've seen golden state do what they've done. So I, I actually was, was kind of pounding that drum on the way into this, uh, game six and just that the way that, that we were discussing the series, a lot of people were talking about, well, Boston's the best team. And if they, if they just stop doing this, they can win the game. If they just do this, they'll win the game. And I felt like that was so dismissive of the Warriors. Cause maybe there's a reason why they can't stop turning the ball over. Maybe there's a reason why they're not getting it. You know? So, um, and they're still doing it. It's still happening. Boston just couldn't stop. turning. I'm like, dude, okay. I think that we just learned that it's not, it's too, we don't write teams off so fast. And then on top of that, Maybe there are no great teams like that, right? There's not that big of a gap between teams. So anybody can really have a chance to win. Maybe not everybody can be the Warriors, but you know what I mean? Like (laughs) it's not as, as, as there's not a a dominant team. Like I think people thought Boston was coming into the series. You know, it's funny you say that it's been kind of the driving force here on the
0: sports cubicle that I've been trying to. Make it a local thing. How are the Bulls comparative to these teams? What do they have to do? What is the difference between being a six seed, a five seed, a four seed, being the number one seed in the first half of the season, and then actually getting to the playoffs and doing something with it? Because we've seen a lot of big-name players not get out of the first round. We've seen a lot of big-name players get swept. And we've seen sweeps among teams that we didn't think were going to get kind of dog-walked around in the NBA playoffs. So I'm sitting here wondering as a Bulls fan, how far are they from actually winning? And I don't want to get too far away from the actual finals, but that's what I think we learned from this six-game series more than we did in the bubble season and the season after the bubble season. I think what we finally learned was as long as you're creative with your roster and you do got a couple of dudes, you might have to have uh, a guy, but as long as you have a couple of dudes and you're able to be creative with your roster, like, they turned Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole to NBA final studs. Like, that's what this team did. D'Angelo Russell was part of this, rus- uh, this roster at one point. It's so like, don't forget, they lost Kevin Durant. So like, this team found a way to make themselves into this type of juggernaut that we all thought, oh, yeah, it's obvious the Warriors won. And then you look at Boston. That's a team that found the way to draft well. Start, stop being so conservative with all those illustrious draft picks that Danny Ainge used to just hoard like they were golden, golden little nuggets. And you've seen what happens. I mean, when you look at the two teams that were in this finals that weren't built by free agents coming in and trying to team up, but by the front offices trusting their dudes, their coaching staffs and bringing in the right creative pieces. Do you think that's now the way these teams are going to try to go because it's a lot easier than finding a Giannis Antetokounmpo.
1: So, so this is kind of a two-part answer because first thing Boston's path to the title I think or to the finals rather I think showed you that every finals participant needs some kind of breaks to go their way. They swept Kevin Durant's nets and, and locked him up because there wasn't really much of a threat otherwise. Like you're not worried about Kyrie's going to give it up as much as he's giving you. So, that was fine. Miami couldn't score, right? They faced Milwaukee without Chris Middleton in the second round. So, like they're they're it shows that you need some breaks to get there. And then when you get to trying to build the roster organically, that's all well and good, but you know how hard it is to maintain that patience to to put those right pieces together. Brad Stevens had to fire himself. Like, like, or will promote himself to the to the next level and then hire somebody else to kind of get there. And there's still a piece or so away. So um, teams are going to want to try to emulate that. But I think that in in the, the what have you done for me lately world of sports, you're still going to see a heavy uh, influence of uh, win now moves being made.
0: And I think that's where the Bulls now kind of play into this. You've done a great job of looking at what's going to happen in the, in the draft. Make sure you guys are checking that out at heavy.com. And of course, everything Josh is doing the, the idea, though, that you are as close as you are when you're healthy, that is something I think we have seen a lot in these playoffs. Everybody was hurt. Everybody was tired. Nobody had the excuse. And I think that now the war of nutrition and attrition and seeing how you get your body physically in a proper place, because we've seen it with Jimmy Butler. We saw it with Jason Tatum. We, we saw it with Steph. We saw it with John Moran, like superstars. They put their bodies through a lot, but it's if you want to win a finals, it's not just can you hit a three. It's not just if you're seven foot tall. It's not just if you have home court advantage. It's if you could get healthy into these playoffs. So the era of load management and now the awareness that we have of these players, do you think we're going to kind of swing back where a lot of these dudes are going to play a couple more minutes in the NBA regular season to make sure their body is staying up? Or do you think we're going to have a swing the other way, even further down the pendulum. And these dudes are just going to make sure that they rest their bodies because we do just
1: judge them strictly on NBA finals. I think that you'll see the latter. I think you'll see more and and I I wouldn't even say that you see guys leaning into the resting thing as much as you see teams emphasize their depth more. You want to have those guys get prepared throughout the regular season. So if you have to call them in the postseason, you don't have a fear of putting them on the floor Um, covering the Hawks. I've seen Nate McMillan refuse flat out to put guys on the floor, young guys on the floor until they quote unquote earn their minutes. But it's hard to earn your minutes when you're not getting a chance. Um, Conversely, the Bulls, we keep trying to throw Patrick Williams out there and for all the talk of, you know, the, the health the Bulls need to have, two of their biggest injuries, Williams and Caruso, were freak accident things. Like, that just doesn't happen all the time. Now, there's concern over uh, Zach Levine going forth, and really over Lonzo Ball, who's still apparently trying to recover. But, like, it, it, it's, it's not necessarily going to be guys wanting to rest more, like I said, as much as teams trying to emphasize their depth so that when it comes time to call on it, you can just call that guy, hey, come on, and you, you know that he can come and run the offense. He can come and hit the shot. He can come and grab that critical board, and you're not worried about a drop-off. So speaking of drop off, you think you talked about
0: Zach Levine and these injuries with Caruso and Patrick Williams, how they affected his Bulls team. And obviously, Demar's going to have to come back to the medium at some point. Still a top 25 player in the NBA, maybe. But, you know, it's still going to be a drop off from the guy who was in the MVP talk in the first half of the season. But I'm watching these finals. I'm watching these playoffs. And yeah, Andrew Wiggins had a wonderful showing out party. Jordan Poole has had a nice season. I mean, Andrew Wiggins was an All Star for God's sakes. You know what you're getting from Clay. At least you think you do, especially coming off of the ACL and the Achilles. Klay was awesome. on his dream. Thanks, I, how, God, that's crazy. I mean, the fact that after <laughs> 900 days, this dude is out there in the NBA Finals. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's legitimately an X Men mutant. But and then Steph, you know Steph, and you know Draymond, what you're getting, and then I think about Zach. I'm like. Everybody at 100% and we're playing 2K22, right? Everybody's got 100% on their Gatorade meter. Zach is not far from some of these dudes. He is one of the talented guys in the NBA. But yet we don't have the same confidence because maybe it's because we haven't seen him do it before, but we don't have that same confidence or that same desire in our eyes, that lust in our eyes, like some of these other teams do when they think about Joel Embiid. Or they think about Kawhi. Kawhi's won the finals, but you start thinking about names in the NBA. You are like, well, why can't why can't Zach be there? And I, when you are watching these finals, did you at any point think, you know, some health here and there, a lucky bounce here and there? You can see the red and black jerseys right there in the NBA Eastern Conference Finals, right there in contention to be in an NBA Finals. Like, is it so far fetched to believe that the Bulls do have talented guys enough that you can see that you can?
1: vision out there in nba finals on abc as they're getting the the main stage now it would take health like i said and 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 they need to improve their depth and of course every finals participant needs breaks to go their way but this team, if they, if they make the right moves, it's awesome. Cause there's still some holes rebounding is an issue. They need guys who can shoot the ball willingly and are going to shoot the ball willingly from outside. So you show up those, like it's clear what their needs are. And I think that is what gives me hope that you can, that I could see them participating for a five or I'll, I'll even try to pull back a little bit and say an Eastern conference finals birth, right. We'll take, we'll take steps. Cause you got to progress in the NBA. Okay. So staying right there, right there
0: where you're at about the progression of, of this some of the names that you've been covering. And and I'm fascinated. I love seeing what you're doing, not only with the Atlanta Hawks, but what you're seeing with the Chicago Bulls and you going through the motions of like, okay, what if the Bulls go go down this direction? What if they go down this tier? What if they do this? Is there a move this off season? Because you know, like you've been talking about, they they need shooting, perimeter shooting. They need rebounding. They need length. They need a little bit of help on defense. Any good team does, right? But is there a team, is there a player out there? Is there a scenario that, we can think right now, and again, we're not using the NBA trade machine on ESPN.com, a legitimate move. Is it DeAndre Aiden? Is it Rudy Gobert? Like, is that move there for the Bulls? Here's the thing about Rudy Gobert. Hell of an NBA player, obviously. But why don't players like him? Like, why don't... Is it just that the Utah Jazz and Donovan Mitchell don't like him? Is it that the NBA just always has had a weird thing with French players? Like, what is it about... The NBA and Rudy Gobert, this dude is, you would think a defensive player of the year as many times as he's been, would be beloved in the NBA. You know, a gritty hard nose came from nowhere, playing in Utah, and he's not beloved. DeAndre Aiden reminds me a lot of Bam Adebayo where it's like, hey, you should be more aggressive. You have no excuse for not having 25 and 15 every game. There's nobody in this league that can stop you. So, like, there is still questions if you go down that road.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and and we'll go from the back to the front. DeAndre Ayton is a guy that concerns me because whenever you give a guy money, they become more of what they already are. Mm-hmm. And he's got he's got problems with Monty Williams, who is one of the the most beloved coaches in the NBA. And as a person, not even just as a coach, as a person. And you're bumping heads with that guy. That's a big red flag for me. If your your team that drafted you first overall is having this much hesitancy about what you're supposed to be, a, what is supposed to be a generational talent. That gives me cause for pause for Gobert. Listen, it's weird because I'm such an anti-Gobert guy. <laughs> the fact that I think that he is the piece to get that would get the Bulls. I'm not gonna say title, but as close to a title contention as you're gonna get with one move in an offseason. I it, it shows you how much I believe he's a good fit for this. He's exactly what they need. And for anybody, and I know the biggest concern is well, what's he gonna do with the spacing? Because he doesn't shoot threes. He's gonna how's he gonna space with DeMar DeRozan? Well, we know DeRozan's gonna shoot regardless, mm-hmm. right. So, would you rather have somebody who you know is going to be down there to grab the re- re- rebound and put it right back in the in the in the basket? That's what I would like. He's an elite finisher when he does get the ball. Monster screen. Guys I'm like because he's French, like you said. It's because he's French because he touched the <laughs> ball uh, with with COVID. So it's 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 other stuff. It's not basketball for Rudy.
0: It can't be. It can't be when guys like Ben Wallace, Draymond Green, and is Andre Iguodala is still in the league for God's sakes. Like this, we we the, the NBA loves these dudes, these hustle dudes, whether they're six foot nine or seven foot four. It doesn't matter. Like. You know, a Boban is still in the in the league. Like it's it like they it doesn't make sense to me that people don't like him. But I I think the the interesting thing about what the Bulls have to do now, right? Let's say there is this off season move. Let's say there is a big name that they could go out and go get. Heck, throw Carl Anthony Towns if you want in there. Throw whoever you want. What is the move for the Bulls to make though? Because I think fans. And people in the media who just kind of like making hot takes don't understand that, yeah, we want something back. But in order to get something back, we have to send something over. So is Patrick Williams, are you willing to get rid of Patrick Williams? Are you willing to get rid of what? 18th in the in the draft? Are you willing to get rid of Kobe White? Vucevic, at the very least, has to be part of a deal with another superstar just to match contracts. So you know what the Bulls have in their pocket you know how much you're coming to the table with when it comes to how long is it going to take for them to go bro? Is that enough for them to make a move to make a substantial
1: move to get a level ahead? Well, I think after seeing the Christian Wood deal uh, going to, to Houston or to Dallas for a bunch of scraps mm. and like a box of glue um, <laughs> that Kobe white's value has to be up higher. The 18th pick has to be valued higher. Now, at least a little bit higher um, and maybe not necessarily higher, but it brought the market back to them if, if anything else. So, um, I think they have the move to, to the the requisite assets to go get someone. It's again all in the comfort of parting with Patrick Williams. And if I'm them, I would I would play some hardball. You're either getting Patrick Williams, or you're getting the other part of the pack. Like you're not getting all of this. And and I think that that's the critical part because they are going to be cash strapped, and it is going to be about. Um, well, Ak talks about uh, uh, improving on the margins. You go get Rudy Gobert, you're gonna see some margin having to improve on the margins, buddy. So um, I, I, there's there's moves that they can make. But it's a very fine line between trying to improve your team and throwing your chemistry way out of whack. Josh Buckalter joins us today. Heavy on bulls,
0: soaring down south. Last word on sports, triple zeros. He also washes cars. Make sure that your house's insurance <laughs> is stayed okay. I, I was a professional detailer. <laughs> there you go. Shout out to the one and only Josh Buckalter. So let's, uh, let's, let's move on a little bit of how all this is playing out where – There's a lot of rumors going around and we're going to get to the NBA draft, but how much of all these rumors about Zach Levine, who's going to sign with the Bulls because like, hello, $200 million max deal. Like, yeah, you're not going to get that in Portland. So I wonder how much of this, of these interesting rumors, and you've had your fingers on the pulse. And obviously then you have like the Wolves and Shams and all the other guys who are, who are also, who are what we call out of town stupid, who are then getting the news after all the local guys are getting them but the leaks aren't coming from mark eversley and ak it's not coming from the bulls front office so we've had this conversation we love talking bulls and hoops and bears and all that but when we're talking about this front office at the advocate center we don't know what the heck they got planned so what do you think they are going to do like do you think come draft night in the barclay center when all this is happening in brooklyn and new york and everybody's having a great old time and we're seeing it and they come up at pick 18. Is there a move? Is Vooch's last week in Chicago coming up? Like now that we're actually here, are they
1: going to make a move? This is the, the most non-answer I think it depends. I really think it depends. I think that they would prefer to move out because when you get to this point, I'm not sure how much more developing you're trying to do. Um, Picking a guy at 18th at, uh, at is risky business. They got, they, they hit, they got lightning in the bottle with, uh, I would assume, on the second round. You're getting a better chance, I guess, at 18th, but you're also getting a higher risk because, again, you're f- trying to get guys off talent um, more than, than consistent anything. And so that's always tr- risky. But I do think that we will see a move with the pick and with Kobe White because, like I said, they, they don't necessarily need a guy. Um, if they took a guy, Liddell or Tari Eason out of LSU would be the guy. But I, I just don't see them wanting to go through more development. They're already trying to work uh, with Patrick Williams. They look like they're ready to give up on Kobe White. I just don't know if another young player, no matter where you're picking them, is what's going to put this team over the top. Now, if you had to put the
0: mortgage on the line, is it somebody the level of DeAndre Aydin or is it somebody like the level of Miles Turner?
1: Have you seen mortgage trades nowadays? Um, <laughs> stop you. Stop. Will you stop? <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't know. I think that the big move might wait till next season. I could see they talk about Booch so much that I, I could see them trying to ride it out with Booch into the trade deadline and then doing something at that point in time to flip him for something else because he's going going into the last year of his deal. That to me has been a bigger factor than I think anything in what they might end up doing because you have to consider: Are you trying to bring him back on another contract if the The perceived decline is a reality. Like, what if they everybody's healthy and he still doesn't look comfortable in this in the with the group? What if he's still not able to defend well because even with uh, Alonzo and Caruso in front of him, these are things that I think are going to impact what they're trying to do on draft night. And then who's responsive? Who's I I I got some. There's some ears about some things about Vooch that maybe there's some takers. You know, so you guys have to check out him for that. But like there's there so there could be something coming. It's all a matter of how committed are they really to Vooch and, and possibly having to extend him next year? And then what is it that where is their line with Patrick? Williams? I think that's the part that we haven't seen. If you're not giving them for Rudy Gobert, there's not many other guys available that you're giving them for like if any uh, in this, in this cycle. So you have to take your guess now, who is the NBA finals next year? Oh man, it would be easy to say golden States going back, but I, I think that they did a little bit of, they got, they get, they had their breaks come their way. John Morant missed like half that series. Um, I would. Oh, man, that's a tough question. We're so I'm still up in the in the in the I'm still drunk off of this game. Okay, I'll go. I'll go with uh, a return by Phoenix. Okay. And in the East, give me Milwaukee. I think we're good. I think we get a return from last year's finals because Milwaukee was hurt this year. And then Phoenix had some 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 kind of funky things going on that I'm not sure that we were completely privy to, even with knowing what we know about DeAndre A.
0: I think it's really interesting because, again, even though Phoenix kind of flamed out in the, in the end of this it, 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 and their run of the playoffs, going into next year, yeah, I think the, the Fugazi, if you will, was this Golden State. They're still the trio. They're Hall of Famers and all that. But this was the last hurrah. This was it. And, you know, it, we're always the, it's always bad to predict when the, the fall is going to happen. How many times have people predicted the end of Tom Brady? Mm-hmm. And, like, that's the level Steph is. Like, he's one of the greatest players. who. Cha- he's one of the players in his era who actually changed the game. But in the NBA, these bodies have a lot of miles. Uh-huh. There's been a lot of crazy seasons the last few years. I think it's gonna to be tough for Golden State to make another run through that murderous road that is not just the Western Conference anymore, but the Eastern Conference. And mm-hmm. if you're Boston, you gotta strike when the iron was hot, which is now, but you you had to survive Brooklyn. Yeah, you, you had to get through Miami. Mm-hmm. Like this was not an easy task for the Boston Celtics to get to this point. It's not always going to be the Atlanta Hawks. It's not always going to be the Chicago Bulls. It's not mm-hmm. always going to be these teams in those given moments where you could get through. It's going to be tough for these two teams. So I think you're right on the money. Two teams who kind of dipped out at certain points, but that's kind of probably better for them to mm-hmm. get healthy, to get right and kind of reevaluate where they're at. But you know, he's the this is why I love having you on because we could talk about something that's 365 days from now and still sound pretty intelligent <laughs> about it. You can yeah, check also- him out on heavy on bulls, soaring down south, last word on sports, triple zeros. He's all over the place. Check him out on Twitter at josh g buck. Now, I hope you have a wonderful Father's Day. I, you're always one of our favorites here on the sports cubicle with Dan Marver, Devin Single, Paul Shivari, and of course, the one you have to deal with the most myself, Mike Mercado. But before I let you go, Josh. You know, you're going to have a few weeks off. We were talking about before we cracked the mics. You're going to be ready again for the summer league. And of course, mini camp, OTAs, training camp and kickoff of the preseason and regular season. So before I let you go, we couldn't talk a little bears. Optimism has it been great when we've seen the offense out there. Justin Fields being honest, saying he's not ready. Unlike last year, he was like, oh, the game's really slow for me. It's like, oh, welcome to the NFL, kid. Where are you at with the Bears when it comes to your optimism, knowing that you're going to have to cover this team <laughs> for only 17 weeks, fans, because they're not going to the playoffs?
1: It could be a long season. Listen, I'm one of the few who sees a path to postseason play for them, and I, I, I don't say that tongue-in-cheek. It's going to be ugly. They're going to have to do things 1920 style, and I'm, I'm, I point to the Philadelphia Eagles of last year, um, and they're switched to a, a run-heavy, run-heaviest offense in the NFL. Um, and, and Jalen Hurts was not throwing the ball well. So if you get a better version of that from Justin Fields and a consistent running tag that you've seen from David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, um, I think you could have some. It all depends on what they do with that, how that offensive line shakes out. Braxton Jones has been surprising people at left tackle. Um, Tevin Jenkins is supposed to is, is supposed to be the right tackle, but it's been Larry Borm. Who knows what's going to happen up there? Um, wide receivers are concerned. I got something coming out for last word about um, who they've been they've been urged to go and pursue a big name, big money wide receiver. So I, that's probably the area that I would try to attack now because. I think that if you get cohesion with the offensive line, it might necessarily it might be a little bit better than trying to go out and get raw talent. You need talent in that wide receiver room. I right, listen, Byron Pringle, good story, cool name. You know, Equinami <laughs> St. Brown, same deal. I need some guys that I know I can count on, and I need that I know Fields can count on when he's chucking the ball down the field. You know what I mean? So, I I, I have optimism. But it's very tedious. It's very, very, very much on the fine line of, a one slip, and y'all, it's out. It's over.
0: <laughs> you know, Josh, the only thing I don't want is to go through the Jay Cutler thing of, well, mm-hmm. they only gave him Devin Hester. Mm-hmm. Like, the only, only had this is that, like, I don't want to go through it. You have, it's on Justin now. Like, if I'm going to be hard on Patrick Williams, it's now time for me to be hard on on Justin. And I'm, I'm all about Justin Fields. We do not slander the name of Justin Fields here on the Sports Cubicle. But... Like, it's time to show. It's going to be
1: tough. That's why it's made what they've done with his with the weapons that he has a little bit suspicious. They're claiming they're all in. You kind of got to show it. The resources that have been allocated, you know, just haven't shown that kind of dedication. And you can say, well, you know, with better performance from him, they'll look better and things will be better. That's cool. Cool story, bro. But (laughs) we see teams trying to acquire high priced weapons all the time for a reason. Like Tom Brady went to Tampa for a reason. And it wasn't just the sunshine.
0: Well, no, it definitely wasn't the sunshine. He almost ended up in
1: Miami too, but that's a whole other can and of look worms. And what that, they got this offseason for Tua. Like this isn't this isn't a game, and they're I, they're very much playing with fire.
0: Well, you're seeing it around the league. Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, like these. You have to not only do you have to find the quarterback, but then you have to get the weapons for him and let the magic work because that's the league that we're in right now. And you have the worst wide receiver room in the NFL. No offense to these guys, but if you're going around like Philadelphia just got AJ Brown. Like, and that's the thing. Like, and, unless you find that dude, and this is the problem the Bears are going to have this season. I don't think they're going to be bad enough to get a top three pick. They're going to win seven games. Mm. And, like, that's the thing. Like, I, and, and, and seven, that's what, middle of the pack of the draft again? You're going to try to find a stud wide receiver? The wide receiver is the running back of the 1990s. Mm. That is what the wide receiver is. And you ha- don't have yourself an Emmett Smith. You don't have yourself a Derrick Henry. You don't have yourself any of these cats that are changing the league. You might have the quarterback to help it out, but you don't have the wide receivers, but it'll be something that we'll be covering and yelling and screaming about come this summer Definitely. and fall Josh, where can the people, the millions and millions of fans find you?
1: Man, follow me on Twitter at JoshUBuck. Facebook page is Clockers Sports, and the website, ClockerSports.com.
0: Proud of you, my brother. We will talk to you soon. It is Devin Tingle. It is Paul Shivari It is Dan Marver. I'm Mike Mercado. You're tuned in to the Sports Cubicle going Sports from the Couch here on WCPT 820 AM.